Welcome to the podcast of the Sunday morning worship service of the Heartland Church of the Nazarene. We're a community of faith learning to love God and our neighbors as ourselves. Welcome home. Well, it's good to be with you. It's been quite a while since I've seen you since the last time, and I can't get my thing to work. There we go. Okay. It was, uh, I looked on my uh, schedule, it was last August when I was here, so it's been a while. Uh, some of you look pretty good. Done a, it's been a good year for you. Some of the others, you, know, uh, you still look pretty good. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, it is Memorial Day weekend, and it's a time, of course, I hope when we'll not just get caught up in picnics and all of that stuff, but remember what this is all about. <clears throat> Sometimes the cost that's involved in giving to us what we have, we forget about. Because we get removed from it for so long, or we don't think about it for so long, or maybe we just get hardened to it one or the other. But I, for one, am very grateful for those who have provided for us what we enjoy today. I'm not always happy with what our, our government's doing, but I can't think of anywhere else I'd rather live. <clears throat> and I appreciate that today. I'm going to be reading from Mark, Gospel of Mark, chapter 12. I invite you to turn there this morning. Mark chapter 12. And if you would stand honoring the Lord's word this morning, we'll be beginning reading at verse 38. <clears throat> Mark chapter 12, beginning verse 38. This is a New International Version. This is the word of the Lord. And as he taught, Jesus said... Watch out for the teachers of the law. They like to walk around in flowing robes and be greeted in the marketplaces and have the most important seats in the synagogues and the places of honor at banquets. They devour widows' houses and for a show make lengthy prayers. Such men will be punished most severely. Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put, <clears throat> and he watched the crowd putting their money into the temple treasury, and many rich people threw in large amounts. But a poor widow came and put in two very small copper coins worth only a fraction of a penny. <clears throat> Calling his disciples to him, Jesus said, I tell you the truth that this poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others. They all gave out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in everything, all she had to live on. Father, we again want your word to speak to us today. We want to hear from it. We want to hear from your spirit. <clears throat> it may not be what I say. It may be something else that you would share with somebody's heart and mind today. But whatever it is, we ask that we would be open to it and mindful of all that you want us to do. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Dallas Willard, in his book entitled The Divine Conspiracy, wrote this. He said, recently a pilot was practicing a high-speed maneuver in a jet fighter. She turned the controls for what she thought was a steep ascent and flew straight into the ground. She was unaware that she had been flying 
upside down. <laughs> Wikipedia calls that spatial disorientation. That's a big term for it, spatial disorientation. Here's how it defines it. It's a condition in which an aircraft pilot's perception of direction does not agree with reality. While it can be brought on by disturbances or disease within the vestibular system, it is more typically a temporary condition resulting from flight into poor weather conditions with low or no visibility. Under these conditions, a pilot may be deprived of an external visual horizon, which is critical to maintaining the correct sense of up and down while flying. A pilot who enters such conditions will quickly lose orientation if there's been no training in flying with reference to instruments. Approximately 80% of all the private pilots in the United States do not have an instrument rating and therefore are prohibited from flying in the conditions where instrument skills are required. Not all pilots abide by this rule. Surprise, surprise, right? Uh, and approximately 40% of all the fatal general aviation accident reports list continuation, into f continuation of flight into conditions for which the pilot was not qualified as a cause. <laughs> when I was uh, taking my training for my pilot's license, one of the maneuvers we had to do was called fly under the hood. And... Uh, he gave me this really ugly piece of headgear that looked like a baseball cap with a long bill sticking out in front of it. And uh, it, I guess it's a good thing that nobody saw us because it's pretty ugly. I got a picture, look at that. How would you like to wear that thing? <sighs> anyway, it's designed so that you cannot look out the window of the aircraft and see where the horizon is. That's the whole purpose in it why it's called a hood. And so what he would do is we'd go up to a certain altitude and he'd say, close your eyes, close my eyes, and he'd go up and he'd go down around and do all kinds of stuff like this. And then he'd say, open your eyes. And when you open my eyes, I would have to look at the instruments on the panel and try to decide what the airplane was doing. Was it going up? Was it going down? We're returning this way. We're returning that way. And let me tell you, you can't sense that without knowing where the horizon is. I used to think, no big deal. You can always tell if you're going down or up, or if you're sitting this way, if you're sitting that way. But I'll tell you, when they go through all of this stuff, and you cannot visually see what's going on outside the airplane, you don't know. And so my job was to find an instrument on the panel, which is called an artificial horizon. And Sam, we've got a picture of that. That's what you had to look at. Because this instrument, which should be in every aircraft, has a gyro that spins. You remember as a kid spinning these gyros and you, you could stick it up on something and no matter what you did to it, it would always stay up there. Something like that is what drives this. And if you look at the screen and look at that picture up there, the white line that's going cockeyed, that's the horizon. That's what's, that's what's really going on outside the airplane. So I can tell by looking at this that the airplane was climbing, and I also was tilted to my left or right. So 
So to correct that, you'd have to level it and bring it back down again. <laughs> well, I made that mistake one time, and it was not a, a good thing to do. <clears throat> I went to a pastor's retreat down in southern Ohio, and I was anxious to get home, and, and I had rented a plane, and, and it was cloudy. And I'm not instrument rated, so I can't fly in the clouds, but I wanted to get home. And so somebody had taken off in front of me and he said, oh, it's clear above 2,000 feet or something like that. So I thought, okay, I can do that. I can shoot up through these clouds at 2,000 feet. And I took off and about the time I got in the clouds, I thought, what if something happens and I have to go back to the airport? I cannot even see where I'm going. I don't know how to do any of this stuff. And I prayed, <laughs> Lord, get me up to 2,000 feet real quick. And sure enough, when I broke through there, it was sunshine everywhere, and I thought, well, now I'm okay. And then I thought, no, I'm not, because if I have to go back down, I've got to go through those things again. Stupid, 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 you know? But that's why there are accidents like that. People do things they're not supposed to do. Well, <clears throat> I want to talk about an instrument that we just looked at this morning, the horizon. And the story of the jet pilot could be a very parable to, a good parable to the existence in our day and age today. And that's not saying that everybody's crashing. I'm not trying to imply that. But there is uh, enough of strange things going on in our world that I wonder sometimes, what is our horizon? What is our frame of reference? What are you and I using as a level in our lives? How do we find that? How do we maintain it? How, how do we zero in on that? Because the truth is, if we don't zero in on that, there's a really good possibility that our life is going to crash. The message of Scripture that we read just a, a minute ago fits this analogy as well. <clears throat> what appeared to be an incorrect evaluation by Jesus, at least in the eyes of those who were standing around him, was in fact a true evaluation based on God's horizon. Because in God's realm, it's not just the visible world, but the invisible world as well. It's not just what you see, but it's what you can't see as well. And so, according to the wisdom of Jesus, every event takes on a different reality and meaning depending on whether it's seen only in a context of the visible world or in the context of what I call God's world, which is everything. We can experience spiritual disorientation as well if our horizon is wrong. If we have nothing in our instrument panel, so to speak, that we can relate to, like this artificial horizon, that will show us what we need to do to stay level and stay correct and stay on course or whatever it might be. And so I think it's important today, and that's what I wanted to talk a little bit about today, about what is the horizon in our life? What do we do and how do we do it? Uh, certainly in the horizon of only the physical world, we might have looked like the people did around Jesus and said, what's going on here? Look at all the money these people put into the box. And she put in something that's, it, at the time, it was the least significant amount of money you could put in. But in God's horizon, 
she had given it all. That's what made the difference. Throughout the teachings of Jesus, we see his horizon articulated. It comes as he places value on, not just on things, but on people and on actions and on intentions. And if we take his true horizon as we should, especially if we proclaim to be part of the family of God, we can see where humanity is really flying upside down. Don't believe it? How come a spotted owl has more value than an unborn baby? How come a rat that lives in the farm fields of California can keep a farmer from expanding his field to produce food for people because it might interfere with the rat's habitat? What? We say? How come in the na- individuals who are in our nation illegally can obtain both Medicare and Medicaid when my father-in-law, who lived in the United States his whole life, paid taxes his whole life, when he applied for Medicaid was denied? I, I don't understand that. It, something's out of balance. It, it, it's, you know. How come our representative branches of government pass laws that we have to go by, but they exempt themselves from it? Something's flying upside down, true reality. How come people's value is determined more by the color of their skin than their ability to produce whatever it is? How come a sports celebrity is paid 10 times as much as what a teacher is when a teacher is responsible for educating our children? They're just playing a game, aren't they? How come CEOs today are given a $3 million bonus to resign and leave a company that they've taken into bankruptcy? I think, as a whole, our society is flying upside down. And we're flying upside down because we are using the wrong horizon to guide our steps. Human life, as we know, it seems to resist this type of thing. And, the, and if you go out and you try to lend credible belief into what God's values are in this world, people don't like that. They don't want to hear about that. They don't want to hear that this is wrong and, and that this is not a right relationship. They don't want to hear about that. They don't want to hear and see the correct horizon. This idea of an all-encompassing, all-penetrating world of God, interactive at every point in our lives, Regardless of what happens in the visible dimension, in the universe, it's treated as ridiculous today. Man, I, I think there's so many things right here, but I've got to stop. <laughs> How could the Apostle Paul be seen joyously in jail, right? It wasn't because of the visible. It was because of God's world and the horizon that he viewed. What about us? Well, you know, we, and I'm guilty of this, we like to point fingers at the world going on around us, but what about us as a Christian community? Where are we in the, in the horizon thing? Is our airplane upside down or right side up? What's, what is our frame of reference? Is it Ellen DeGeneres or Dr. Phil? Wall Street, maybe? I don't know. What determines level for you? What everyone else is doing, is that what's level for you? 
Or maybe what you can get away with, is that what's level for you? Or maybe what the recent polls indicate, is that what's level for you? Maybe your Christian walk is just an insurance policy. I don't know. But I do know this. I know that Satan will try to get you to fly with a hood on and no instruments. He wants you disoriented in life. He wants to take away the horizon that God has established for us and take it away from us so that we don't know whether we're going up, whether we're going down, right, left, whatever it may be. That's what he wants us to do. He does not want us to see the true horizon. does not want to give us a frame of reference that's going to keep us flying right. And I think that God knew he would do that. So to help us, if you would, God gave us his official horizon, which is what this is. This is what counts. Not what Dr. Phil says. Not what anybody else says. Not what the latest theory is. Not what the latest... You know, we, are, <laughs> we are so fickle as a generation, aren't we? Now, I'm, I'm going to toy away here for a minute. How many of you... 15 years ago, would have put on a pair of jeans with holes all through them. <laughs> Here's one. <laughs> it's say, I'm not going to wear those things. Those things are ratty-looking things. Got holes in them. They're all faded, and they're all... Not today. And I'm not saying it's wrong. I don't mean it like that. But, but you know, where do the values of our life come from? There is a documentary on YouTube. It's called uh, No Safe Spaces. And the gentleman, the two gentlemen that are giving the documentary says there's two major problems with America. One of them is we've lost our common sense. And number two, we have no value system. Well, if you have no value system, you don't have common sense because common sense is based on a value system, is it not? That's what gives us common sense. But instead, we see crazy things going on. Things that go on in the news, and I don't, you're probably like Sharon and I, I don't know. Sometimes we look at each other and say, what? What in the world is going on out here? Flying by the wrong horizon. And as long as Satan can continue to get us to do that, he will definitely do that. Now, Jesus was not just a good speaker, an eloquent man, or a proponent of wisdom. He was God personified. And because of the direction that he gives us, that will reflect the true horizon that we have in front of us. <clears throat> Christianity sprang up from that. And even though it's been a struggle from, from day one of Christianity, uh, it continues to go on today, and you and I have to be mindful of that. Paul wrote to the church at Colossians. He said, I want you to know how much I'm struggling for you and for those at Laodicea and for all who have not met me personally, my purpose is that they may be encouraged in heart and united in love so that they may have the full riches of complete understanding in order that they may know the mystery of God, namely Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I tell you this so that no one may deceive you by fine-sounding arguments. For though I am absent from you in body, I am present with you in spirit. I delight to see how ardently you are and how firm your faith in Christ is. 
So then, just as you receive Jesus Christ as Lord, continue to live in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, crooked horizon, hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the basic principles of this world rather than on Christ. For in Christ all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form, and you have been given fullness in Christ, who is the head over every power and authority. So how are you flying today? Trying to do it on your own? Trying to look for all kinds of things out there? The bad news is, it's probably not going to get better for us who call ourselves Christians. It's probably not. The good news is, if we keep our horizon centered on God's word and his will for us, that God promises he will be with us and guide us where we should go. Now, when he told me to open my eyes and look at the instrument panel, I had to look at the artificial horizon to know what to do. If you don't look at this horizon, you still don't know what to do. It's important to stay in the Word of God. Preachers preach, teachers teach, I understand all of that stuff. But this is this is the horizon right here. This is where it needs to be. And you need to be mindful of that. And you need to be aware of that. You need to understand that in the daily living that is throwing all kinds of things at us and trying to get us to all kinds of directions, we need to keep our eyes centered on Christ. He is all knowledge and all truth, Paul says. I don't know where you are. None of us know that. You're the, you're the one that knows that. But I would ask you this morning to stop and just take a minute on this Memorial Day weekend and begin to think about your own life. What is it that drives you? What is it that determines level for you? There are a lot of choices. There are a lot of opinions. There are a lot of roads you can take. There are a lot of directions you can pick up. There are a lot of things that are out there for us to choose from that perhaps 200 years ago people never had but we do. And it makes it important that we are more diligent in getting into the Word and understanding what God wants us to do. So I challenge you, if you don't have a regular reading program, there's plenty of them online. You can do something like that, get some Bible reading programs, get a good devotional book. Uh, Sharon and I have found that just reading the Bible doesn't communicate to us the way that we'd like to be communicated. So we try to find a good devotional book to read where we read the scripture and listen to the comments and then we can make application to our own heart and life. I encourage you to do that if that's an issue for you. But when the hood's removed, <laughs> go to the right horizon. All right? Um, stand with me and I have a word of prayer and then I think Sam has another song he wants to close with this morning. 
The Lord's here to help you if you care to ask him right now to maybe deal with some of those things. You could, you could do that right here. Be a great way to celebrate Memorial Day weekend. Father, it's, it's never easy to discern the right thing. And sometimes even when we read your word and, and we want to be faithful in doing it, we have a hard time figuring out the black and white in the society in which we live. So that's why you gave us your spirit. That's why you've given to us your Holy Spirit that comes as an interpreter, as a guide, as a companion. And you can bring into our hearts and to our minds the truth that you want us to hear. I pray that today, when we think about our lives and the direction that we're going, the things that determine how and why we do the things that we do, give us clarity of thought. Help us to realize, Lord, that we need to be centered on your will and on your word. May that be the case in each heart and life today. In Christ's name, we ask these things. Amen. Thank you for listening to our Sunday morning worship service. For more information about the Heartland Church of the Nazarene, please visit heartlandnaz.org.